Pastor Julie, I love what you often say is conflict is the opportunity for unity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially church hurt, not spiritual abuse, is how conflict is handled or how accountability is handled or just how we interact with one another. And so it's an opportunity for unity. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. I am Carissa Robinson. Welcome to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm filling in as host today for Pastor Julie, but the good news is she's right here (laughs) with me. That's right. The tables have turned, and Mm -hmm. I'm here to ask our senior pastor, Pastor Julie, and our staff pastor, Pastor Lisa, questions about something that everyone in church faces, but it's especially relevant to my generation. And so today we are going there. We are going to be talking about church hurt. And I know this can be a sensitive topic, but I really, truly can't wait to dive in. But before we do, I have a question for you too, okay? You both have been friends doing life in church and ministry together for decades. And in a previous episode, Pastor Lisa, you shared a hilarious story about when your daughter bit Pastor Julie's son Jefferson when they right. were in the yeah. nursery. Yeah. yeah, come on, this the beginning is, this of awkward is, moments between us. Yeah, many, this many. is literal yeah. church hurt right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is. And Pastor Julie, you said this is the first of many. Yes, a lifetime of awkward moments mm-hmm. that we will share together. I love that. You know, not many people can say that they've been good friends with someone for decades. So tell us, what are some other amazing, awkward moments that the two of you have had in friendship and ministry? There's so many to count. And as I was <laughs> trying to think of one really quick, but Lisa and her husband James and Todd and I have been on many vacations together. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was this one vacation we went on and Todd booked our excursion online. And he was very excited about us all going scuba diving together. Oh, Do you remember? Dear. And yeah. so he got this super deal and he said, hey, this is amazing. I said, but where do we change into our wet? suits. He's like, look at this. There's a private room that you go into and you can Mm -hmm. change. I'm like, wow, for the price you paid. I can't believe we have a private room, but I believed him. And so did Lisa. And so we get there and there was no private room and the wet suits. Small thin curtain. It, was there even a curtain? Like there was, but it there was, was gaping open. And it was when you're stripping open, down. This is not and a you're good. Stripping down. You're yeah. putting. So we're so we're on this boat. Everybody else in their cute bikinis. Lisa and I had. You know, we were just a little bit after we had babies, and so we are in <laughs> fifteen um, years in this later. dressing room, and we're like we we have the scuba wet scuba suits and with each other, just just mm-hmm. getting it all. Mm-hmm. All taken care of. And once you've done that, Mm -hmm. it was just like a barrier we crossed. It was Mm -hmm. like, it was a new level of like closeness and intimacy. Yes, yes. yes. And you're so kind not to say what really happened to me, which is one of the seams in my my (laughs) wetsuit was out. And so I looked like a can of busted biscuits. (laughs) Just it was not cute. It was not well, cute. It was like it, it was, was as I was if sharp every bait. inch of sharp. our bodies was trying to come out one 
little hole. <laughs> and so mine, anyway, mine had the opportunity. Yeah, that was awkward. But yeah, they, yeah we, but grew. we survived. We grew through and it. We're, wow. We believe in ourselves and the way God made us. Yes, <laughs> I love it. So my awkward moment, I love it because I do have lots of them. And you know, I I just I am the queen of shenanigans. But I do want you to know I have honor for our senior <laughs> pastor. And so there's a lot of things I don't share. So I feel like I'm doing great. But so, you know, this infamous um, cycling um, accident, Pastor Julie survived, which really, in all seriousness, was a very scary moment. But when she returned home from the cycling accident, I was one of a few um, sisters who were caring for her. And so, you know, Pastor Todd, being friends this long, is like, Lisa, can you do this? And I'm like, yes, sir, I can do this. I can take care of her. I can do this. You got to tell her what she needs to do. This is what, so he lined it all out. So he's a man of order. And so I was like, okay, she did not listen to what I said. (laughs) And she went to the wrong restroom and she fell. And so I had a very stern conversation with her, not because I felt like I had power over her, but I did not want to face Pastor Todd. Right. And the wrath of him letting his bride hurt herself in the toilet. So, and because I was heavily medicated, I have no recollection of Mm -hmm. this. So, I mean, I do, Mm -hmm. I do recall falling, but I don't recall that I disobeyed or anything. Yes, you did disobey. And then you never wrote the book you said you were going to write coming out of that. The importance of colon health. Yes. 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 And that, <laughs> she was so that, serious. Too. She's like, be, oh. Lisa, I'm going to write a book on colon health. I'm like, yes. you do that, girl. Mm-hmm. You do that. Change the world. Change the world with <laughs> colon health. There, there's a lot behind wow. that story. A lot had to do with how my body reacted to everything that happened in the hospital. Awkward so, moments, even awkward right, moments. Now. Yes. right now. Here, Here we, we go. go. Come on. Wow. Those there are we go. testimonies. And you're going to have a hard time turning the corner after yes. this. <laughs> let's, see, let's, let's see what she's made of. I'm glad you're the one hosting this conversation. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a great way to kick it off because mm-hmm. friendship is a bit messy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and relationships in general are a bit messy. And this topic we're talking about today truly could get a little messy. Mm-hmm. And so, Pastor Julie, I would love for you to just share your heart on why you decided to yeah. go down this road, why yeah. we're going to talk about church hurt today. Yeah, you know, um, this isn't a topic that we would normally dive into, but the reason we're jumping into it today is because I love the church. I love the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I truly believe that a strong, unified church is the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. And, and I've given my life and all three of us have given our lives to build the bride beautiful. I love the church, and I love people. And I think that over the last few years, my heart has just been so broken because people that I love have left the church that I love, right? The church, the the, the big C church. And, and I see people that I care about walking away from what I believe is God's best, right, for their lives, that that God has so much for them in the church. And and because it's just for them, it's just so hard to separate the the perfect purpose that is on the church with the imperfect people that are in the church, right? And and when I when I think about this whole topic of church hurt, I believe that it has become a weapon in the enemy's hands to to be able to destroy the, the church, the, the enemy of our soul is trying to destroy the church, trying to weaken the church with church hurt. And I think it's a, a scheme and a, a, a weapon in the enemy's hands to rob and kill and destroy people, to rob you and me, right, 
of the full abundant life, the strength and the community that is available to us through the church. The enemy is so stealth. I mean, he is wielding this weapon mm-hmm. of mass destruction to destroy the church and to destroy people. And we have to, as the church, we have to expose it for what it is, mm. right? Um, so if we don't talk about it, there are plenty of people that will. Mm. And there are so many support groups out there just having this conversation and coming together and discussing their hurt. And so many times the conclusion that people come to is that the church is this unsafe place, right? And people are going to gravitate to the places where they feel safe, seen, and heard. Mm. And that's why they're they're finding a safe place in these spaces. And many times it's leading them to deconstruct their faith, right? And so as the church, we are actually we're actually equipped through God's word of how to be victorious through the hurt, how to deal with the hurt in a way that heals people and strengthens the church. So this is what we're called to do. Wow. I love that you said people gravitate to the place where they feel safe, seen, and heard. And and I truly believe that you and Pastor Todd have created such a safe space. Even you having this conversation, you're creating a safe space to have a hard conversation. And, and I love that we're talking about this topic. It's going to bring, hopefully, healing to so many yeah. people today. Well, I think it's important to kind mm-hmm. of start here because when we say this, the term church hurt, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so what exactly is church hurt and why is it even important for us to talk about? Yeah, I, you know, hurt is inevitable, but it's not acceptable. Right. It will happen, but it's not acceptable. I think we could all agree we're imperfect people all on the planet. If you're a human, you're imperfect. Um, but pursuing a perfect God, yet we all fall short of what He wants us to be and who He's called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so, and we're all doing community together. Right. So uh, this is a necessary conversation because we have the responsibility as a church, as leaders, but then as congregants, as part of the body, to help hurting people heal. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what their hurt is from, we want to be a part of healing it. And I love and you know just honor you, Pastor Julie, that you are saying, let's have this conversation mm-hmm. because what you bring to the light, you actually give language that's around right. and yep. you mm-hmm. you actually um, expose, it. expose mm-hmm. it and shame the devil. So that's, that's what right. we're doing. So, <laughs> so there's, but the cool thing about it is if we actually see it for what it is, there's, there's lots of lessons to learn from this. It strengthens the body. Mm-hmm. It strengthens each of us. It uh, actually, I know when I have conflict with James and we work through it, we're richer, we're deeper, right. we're stronger. We have language with each other on how to move forward and strengthen. The same is true when we are hurt in the church. It allows us the opportunity to strengthen. The other thing that I think is so very important is it gives us opportunity to help clear up or correct misunderstanding because hurt people in the church, if they're hurt by or perceived hurt by the church, they will connect this to the character of God. Mm-hmm. And so if something isn't handled right or if and it's, it pains them in any way, they can make that connection to God. And we don't want that to, to linger. Right. We don't want their relationship or their spiritual formation to be stunted. Mm-hmm. We want to help that grow. So I love that we're having this conversation. I did think it may be helpful to use some to define a few words, working definitions for this podcast, you could probably, as you read everywhere, you could find a lot of different working definitions. But as it pertains to here, I think it would be great because there is a big spectrum right? from church hurt to spiritual abuse and sexual abuse and the tr- like massive, you know, there's a, a big um, spectrum there. So 
the diff- there is a difference that we're going to define between church hurt and um, spiritual abuse. So church hurt, the Bible is actually full of examples. So this isn't a new problem at all. But we'll categorize it this way. There's personal hurt. A believer hurts another believer or leadership, whether they're paid or unpaid. Sometimes we people don't know if they're full right. vocational leaders. But mm-hmm. if they're a leader and given leadership, so it could be leader to a believer. They also... There is structural hurt. So sometimes the organization part of church policies and procedures to care for people well, people don't understand, and there's some structural pieces in there that that could be harmful and hurt someone. And then there there are unrealistic or unknown expectations, and we know this is true of all relationships. I mean, I have expectations of James, mm-hmm. and if I never stayed him, he's just blowing him up all over the place, you know. So it's true as we do community in churches that there are unrealistic expectations. You know, New Testament is full of Paul instructing the church related to conflict due to misunderstandings, sinful behavior, wrongdoing. Pastor Julie, I love what you often say is conflict is the opportunity for unity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially church hurt, not spiritual abuse, is how conflict is handled or how accountability is handled or just how we interact with one another. And so it's an opportunity for unity. So that's church hurt. Then the working definition for spiritual abuse as it pertains to our conversation is a a systemic, pervasive misuse of power Mm -hmm. and spiritual authority. In its rawest definition, it's just literally that. It's a misuse of spiritual authority in a way that affects a lot of people and lingers beyond just an individual situation. I love this idea that writers on this topic of spiritual abuse will say we all fall short right? and that we all actually can teeter into, not church hurt, but into some behaviors that can mm-hmm. be deemed as spiritual abuse. And so actually, as we were, I was praying for this, I thought, Holy Spirit, bring in an example of my own life. Yeah. And so I'm going to have a moment of vulnerability here. <laughs> and, you know, my Enneagram 2 world tells me that I have the power to manipulate. And this was a very hard learning for me. And it, the truth is, as I prayed through it, I knew that I have the power to use words and situations to manipulate things to go my way mm. or for me to feel right, seen or hurt, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And Holy Spirit dealt with me on that. And so I actually had a situation where he specifically said, you need to go apologize to said person and confess your sin. And I did. Wow. Now it was over something small, but I'm like, mm-hmm. we're dealing with this stuff very in the mm-hmm. um, embryonic stage, you mm-hmm. know, that it doesn't mm-hmm. become pervasive, right. that it doesn't become systemic in my mm-hmm. leadership. And my, and so it really, it puts a sense of responsibility, not just on leaders, but mm-hmm. on congregational, right. people, all of us, right. the body right. to go, Holy Spirit, deal with me. And then when he does... I go back. Actually, I just apologized to Pastor Carissa this last week. Holy Spirit got me again. So, you know, because it's just going, we we didn't want to stay that fresh, that tender to yeah. what he says, because yeah. we don't want to, for that behavior to be habitual. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. It's so it's so important and we we need the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in this because you know you've said it 
so well, Lisa, that people don't know who the leaders of the church are. So anyone that they're following is their leader. That's right. So all of us as the body of Christ, we carry responsibility, we carry influence. And and so it is so important that that we not only tend to our own hurt, mm-hmm. but we really just work very hard to to protect the the body. You know, you mentioned it that this is not a new problem, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. This is not a new problem. If you look <laughs> at scripture, you know, I've said this before that when the scriptures were written in the New Testament, there were two assumptions that the that the writers had. First, that if you are a believer, you're in community, you're in church, right? right? And secondly, that church would be messy. Because when you think about all of the scriptures, I, I was looking at the, the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And I mean, now remember, they like had the Apostle, Paul was their pastor. Come on. Okay, so, and he, this is what he's telling him. He's like, in, in Ephesians 4.25, he's like, therefore, each of you must, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, by the way, but you must stop lying. You must not sin in your anger. It goes on to say, you need to stop the unwholesome talk, get rid of all bitterness. He's talking to Christians here. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. I'm going, the church is a bunch of sinful, <laughs> angry liars that cuss and tell <laughs> tell bad jokes. I mean, this is like these are the people. This he's describing the church here, yeah. and so you know to think that the church is going to be less of this in 2023. Mm, you know, so we just we just have to put that into perspective that that this is not new. I mean, even I think all three of us can say that we've probably been hurt deeply by people in the church, right? And then you think about Jesus. Jesus was hurt. I mean, he was crucified by church leaders. And so yeah. when you think about church hurt, we're, you know, it, it is our response to it. And I think that when it comes to this topic, when, when we're hurt by people in the church or by leaders, that we can have two responses. We can, when we're hurt or when we're talking to someone who is hurt, the first response could be that, that we discount or diminish somebody else's hurt or our, even our own hurt like diminish it, like it doesn't matter, or we deny it, right? Diminish, discount, or deny it. And it's when we when people come to us with their hurt, and it's like, oh, it's not that bad, but this is what the church really does. It's really great. And so we diminish that or discount it, or we can have the other extreme, and we can dismiss church altogether. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's how those church people are, then I'm going to have none of it. So all of us can fall into you know those mm. extremes. I know for myself that because I love the church so much that I can fall into that camp sometimes of dismissing or discounting somebody else's hurt. Now, I I want to you know preface that by saying that when something is as obvious as spiritual, emotional, physical, or even sexual abuse in the church, that would never be ignored. You know, always hit head on, and no one should ever exist in a relationship where abuse is present. And we're going to make sure there's some resources in in the notes to be able to help anyone that might be going through that. Because some of you have walked through just heartbreaking situations, and we've walked personally with people, and they've they've been in situations where they have been sexually abused by, by church people, which is heartbreaking. They've been in situations where they have had, you know, unquestioned loyalty demanded of them, and loyalty can never be, you know, demanded. And so people have walked through these terrible situations, and we would never dismiss that. But because of my bent to love the church, there have been times when people have walked through situations where they have been hurt 
that I have unintentionally shut down their hurt and their pain because I want them to know just, mm-hmm. oh, you know, even though that, that person's imperfect, this is God's perfect plan, and I so desperately don't want them to walk away that I've unintentionally shut them down. And I think being in a ministry for this many years, we've had the privilege of watching an entire generation grow up in the house, and we've seen some that have stayed planted, and we've watched them flourish, and then we've seen some that have walked away from from the faith and and I know that there's personal responsibility I'm not going to you know get into all that but when I step back and I ask myself the question you know and I look back I think sometimes in my effort to champion all that the church is I have probably shut down healthy conversations I would say things like you know you need to make sure that your kids are in church every single week and they need to be in student ministries and that is true and I believe that with all of my heart 100% But if your student, your kid doesn't want to go to student ministry, or if they don't want to come to church, I think there's another conversation to be had. Yes, it's going to benefit them. Yes, it would be to their best to be able to be here every week and have healthy role models, you know, pouring into them. But there's another conversation here. And the conversation is, why don't they want to be here? Maybe in this, you know, in, in this situation, they might be rejected in a friend group at church. Mm-hmm. They might be bullied at church. They might not feel like they can measure up to the expectations of their leaders. And so even though I hold fast to the belief that those who are plants are going to flourish, I do think that we have to hold fast to the other conversation too. And both can be very true, mm-hmm. that it is their best to be here, and there may be a reason, a really good reason why they're not. And so there's more to the conversation. And instead of discounting, if I could go back, I wish that I could have had some of those conversations of what is your real experience, you know, by not listening and and validating. I just wonder sometimes if there was a shut door there and that that what started out as a small hurt made them feel unseen and unheard in a place where they should have felt seen and heard. And then I think about, you know, this isn't even to mention what parents might be feeling, you know the hurt that they may be feeling when their child isn't following in the ways of God, they are, their child's making their own decisions. And for some reason, they might feel like that's on them because, you know, because when, when their kid's not measuring up the, the hurt that they may feel. And I, like I said, I just believe that all of it's true, but there's more to the conversation. It takes listening. It takes validating someone else's hurt, and it takes finding solutions together. And so I think all that to say that when I look at a generation that's deconstructing their faith right now, I just have to ask myself the question, instead of telling them not to, I just have to ask myself the question, why? Why? And what is the conversation we need to be having? Wow, that's so that's so great. And I love that you guys helped us see that there truly is this spectrum of hurt, that everybody has their own unique story, and it's all painful. Mm -hmm. It's all hard and sad. But for the sake of this episode, we're not going to focus specifically on some of what you talked about, Mm -hmm. Pastor Julie, this spiritual, emotional, physical abuse that some might have experienced, although we do have resources in the show notes for people to access, but rather the kind of church hurt that everyone's going to face, right? The church is full of imperfect people. And if we're in church long enough, like you mm-hmm. said, it's it's not really a matter of if we will get her in church, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that in this episode. And, you know, we can get her 
really in any kind of community. Like I've been a cheerleader on that competitive <laughs> cheerleading team, and there was all kinds of hurt going on there. It's not just church. Um, but why do you ladies think it's so different and yeah. so unique when someone gets hurt yeah. in church? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think because we just expect more, right? right. We, we expect more from believers, right? And we should. We should expect more from believers. But again, it's this tension of we should expect more, but we also need to manage our expectations because mm-hmm. we should, as Christ followers, live at a higher standard. We should be more loving, more compassionate, more forgiving, more mindful. And at the same time, we are imperfect people striving for perfect unity in the church. So we have to manage those expectations. And I think back about a conversation that we had in a previous episode with Deb Folletta, who's a licensed therapist, and and she shared how sometimes that when someone hurts us, we replace the face of Jesus with the face of that person who hurt us. And we begin to have this warped perspective or this warped lens of who God is. And we begin to associate that person with the person of Jesus, because we don't, Jesus isn't walking around on the face of the earth today, but his body is. And so right. we begin to associate that. I think the reason that it's, it is so much more serious in the church is because it can cause people to distance themselves from the church when they start to make that association. And we know that this goes against God's plan for our faith to be forged in community. I mean, we say all the time that the only battle that you can't win is the one that you're trying to fight on your own. Mm-hmm. And so again, this goes back to the weapon of the enemy to try to isolate you. So this is why it's so much more serious. And we can't we can't separate our love for God from our love for people and biblical community. We were created for this community. If you look all throughout scripture, God always was talking to a people. So many of you know when he says, you know, that 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 we're more than conquerors, he says, You are more than a conqueror. It's it's y'all. Y'all are more <laughs> yeah, than conquerors. Right. It's it's yeah. the battle we fight together. And so many of the pronouns used in the original language are collective, right? Mm. So you can't separate your 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 faith in Jesus. It is it is personal, but it is not private. And so you were created for this. But if you look at the research, the two factors that help people to be and remain lifelong followers of Christ is first, the first factor is that their parents have walked through their own faith challenges and they remained faithful to God. And secondly, and this is so important, that a child has no less than five adult Christians in their life who love them, who care for them, who instill a commitment to Jesus in them. So when we allow hurt to take us out of the church, it impacts the next generation. So this is, again, it's the enemy's tool of isolation. This Mm -hmm. is why it's so much more serious for us. Yeah. You know, when you think about people being hurt in church, why is it different? I think about the two-sided coin, actually, is that the church has a unique purpose, and it is to provide a safe place seen and heard. To be able to do that, there's accountability with the body Mm -hmm. that this is a place that people are safe, Mm -hmm. seen, and heard. And so that's a part of the church's discipleship. There's accountability in that. So we're really counterculture because culture will just blast you on, you know, with all their feeds. Mm -hmm. And but like in the church we go to, Mm -hmm. we try to make it right, try to help make amends and bring things together so that the church is a safe place. And so it took me to Galatians where Paul talks in Galatians 2, 11 through 14. He confronts Peter. You have to go read this story because it's actually pretty interesting. But basically, his in 11, it says, For what he did, 
what Peter did was very wrong. Mm -hmm. So Paul was going to address him, and it was about relationship. Mm -hmm. It was about community that he was addressing. And so he had to – now, I can't imagine, because we we hear that Peter is kind of a spicy guy. I kind of like that about him. But, you know, how did he receive this? Mm -hmm. Paul had to confront him on his behavior. That is a part of Mm -hmm. church. So I actually ask myself sometimes when I am – confronted on behavior is this church hurt lisa Mm -hmm. or is this pride hurt wow Mm. is my pride hurt Mm. or is this actually church hurt now how we handle these situations like how paul went to peter Mm -hmm. how i go to how someone comes to me is very important but accountability Mm -hmm. is a part of the church yeah and it is a part of what we're purposed to do i remember an example i brought the a person who was hurt because they wanted to make it right with a leader. Mm-hmm. So I brought them to, two together. I tell you, it really takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of our leader who owned and accepted right. how how the behavior impacted the other mm-hmm. person and just said, I am so sorry. Will mm-hmm. you please forgive me? Now, was there things that person needed to own as the hurt person? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There was some behavior yeah. that needed mm-hmm. to be dealt with, but it takes two people to come together to have that. And I think this is a sign of a healthy church. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Julie, I appreciate that you have invested in me over mm-hmm. 20 years of being in a lot of situations like this. Mm-hmm. And then now navigating them myself, it's like we want to be a healthy church mm-hmm. that leans into these things. And so it's way beyond just a podcast. Yeah. We're like living yeah. it out yeah. right? in, in mm-hmm. the week time. But I think it's important here because I'd mentioned culture exposes this. Mm-hmm. They're like blast on anything mm-hmm. possible. And I, I feel like I know in the conversations that I've been in, or if you think about yourself, mm-hmm. just think about yourself if you had to be confronted. Mm-hmm. Would you want this blasted on every news media that's possible? Right. No, we do not cover up, mm-hmm. but we do cover. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes we don't know that things are being dealt with yeah. because we're not a part of these sacred mm-hmm. conversations. And that's really what it is, is yeah. a sacred conversation. So the reason why this is hard mm-hmm. and is difficult in the church is because I do feel like there is an expectation that we're going to love and yeah. we're going to accept and we're going to... You belong, which is all true, Mm -hmm. but there's a responsibility Mm -hmm. to provide a safe place for all people to be. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have to deal with behaviors and accountability Mm -hmm. of the people in it, Mm -hmm. whether you're a leader or a congregational person. Come on. That's, that's so good. So good. Yeah. So good. There, a couple of things you said there, Pastor Lisa. One, you, you talked about the person that's kind of looking at the mess of, you know, a church hurt situation. Mm-hmm. Like I found myself, especially early on as I was just really stepping into church as a young teenager, early, early, early young adult. Yeah. And <laughs> 18, 17, whatever. And, you know, I would see some things that I'm like, what's that about? Mm -hmm. And I think I would, my first assumption is that it's just being not, it's not being dealt with. Mm -hmm. Nobody's, I'm not seeing anybody address that bad behavior. I'm Mm -hmm. not seeing any of the leaders like talk to him about how he's acting. And, um, but the closer I got Mm -hmm. to leaders like you, Mm -hmm. the more I realized that was a really poor assumption to make Mm -hmm. that things are most definitely being dealt with, Mm -hmm. but gosh, should we, should we, 
post the the corrective conversation on Instagram <laughs> for all right. to see. <laughs> right? like, I'm gonna grow. Yeah. I promise. Please don't do that. I think that's what I wanted. Like yeah. I wanted that. I wanted whatever the situation mm-hmm. was. I wanted you to have a recording of it mm-hmm. and sent to all of us who were impacted <laughs> by that behavior. Yeah. But that would just be unreasonable and unfair mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want that for me. Right. <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. Um, and unchristlike and, and unloving. Right. You know, yes. this is what mm-hmm. you know. Jesus said, you know, just the, the who has no sin, you cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. I think right. a lot of times we live in a culture, right, that on one hand exposes everybody's every everybody's faults yeah. and flaws mm-hmm. and boy, they come after you and on again, but they tell you to expect loving, kind. Yeah. If mm-hmm. this relationship isn't fueling you, you need to walk away. If mm-hmm. it's not helping you to be your best and, you know, and just walk away. And so that's what the culture tries to sell us. But mm-hmm. biblical community is a whole different yeah. story. Mm-hmm. It's right. about, it's not about us to begin with, you know, it's about us growing and becoming who God created us to be and walking in purpose together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you're speaking to, you know, the really this peacemaking commitment as mm-hmm. a biblical community. And Pastor Julie, I know this has been kind of like a journey for you. You would call mm-hmm. yourself a recovering peace faker. Yes, right. <laughs> How's your recovery going? I'm, it's doing great. <laughs> actually, Pastor James, Lisa's husband, mm-hmm. told me I'm actually really good at courageous conversations now. Right. So. Come on, you <laughs> Come are. On. That's amazing. You're crushing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to just hear you know, what your journey's been like in learning to embrace really this mess of mm-hmm. making peace in biblical community. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to this. I think really just, first of all, diving in and being committed to it, right? Just going, I'm going to make a commitment to be in this community. Um, And again, I always equate it to um, when when Todd and I got married and I said, I do, and I had no idea what I did, but it was a commitment that we made to each other. And knowing that our decision to follow Jesus comes with a spiritual family, there is a commitment that we make when we step into it. And I was reading a book recently by Rich Velotis, and it's Good, Beautiful, and Kind. And I love what he says, because we've said it a lot of different ways, but I think the way he says it is best, that in any relationship— there are stages that we go through. And, you know, when I start outlining these stages, you're going to be able to identify them really quickly in a friendship or in a marriage. But but looking through biblical community, that through the lens of biblical community, you've got the heavenly stage, right? And that's when, you know, that's, again, that's the honeymoon phase in a, in a relationship. But that's when people join the church. Like when people, I can always tell when someone's new, the worship is amazing, Everyone is so friendly here, yeah. and the the teaching is just so biblical. And sometimes they'll say things like, it's so different than my old church. And then I'm like, ding, 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 ding. That's a little <laughs> bit of a alarm bell goes off because I realize, you know, that, that they have some expectations, mm-hmm. right, um, that I've had before too. Well, over time, right, that's the heavenly stage. Everything's amazing. And it is so true that everyone's friendly, right? The teaching is great. But then comes the hellish stage, right? (laughs) And that's when you find out that those friendly people have faults and flaws, and they actually yell at their kids like you yell at yours, (laughs) and that the pastor doesn't see everything exactly like you see it. And this is when Mm -hmm. it's like, it's the hellish stage where you get a little disheartened, disillusioned. I didn't think it was going to be this way in the family of God. I didn't think that we'd have conflict, which 
is a myth. You know, if you're right. alive, you're going to have conflict. <laughs> and the the tendency is you want to go back to the heavenly stage. When you're, that's what you want. Everything within us yearns to go back to the heavenly stage. That's when people leave a relationship, they leave a small group, they leave the church because they long for the friendly people, the great mm. teaching. But we can't avoid that stage because when we press on into maturity, we know that there is a stage where it's holding the tension. You've got heavenly stage, hellish stage, and then that stage where we hold the tension. And we realize that the heavenly stage is real fun but not realistic and that the hellish stage is inevitable and should not be resisted. But we have to press on into holding the tension that we are going to be in relationship with imperfect people and striving for for perfect unity and you know i i love this quote by dietrich bonhoeffer and i'm i it was so profound when i read it but he says this he was a german theologian who suffered a lot in community (laughs) right he said this he said those who love their dream of christian community more than they love the christian community itself they become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, mm. earnest, and sacrificial. And I think wow. sometimes in the church, we love the idea of community more than we love the people in that community itself. And so true biblical community and really pressing past the hurt is going to require us to love people selflessly to humble ourselves, to prefer others, to consider others better than ourselves. And if we don't love people this way, then we're never going to experience the true blessing and joy that comes in community. It's the good heart of biblical community. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, it made me think of, a, I always think, how can I practically apply this with the, what Bonhoeffer said, which just so you know, he's my man crush. I just, I, anything about him, <laughs> I watch everything about him. So, but you know, the more the immediate gratification because mm-hmm. of an action, the more immediate that heavenly stage, the more we should question, does our what we're wanting align with real community, not our right. idea of community. So that, that heavenly stage of like, oh, this feels so great. This feels so great. It feels like every time I walk in the church, it feels mm-hmm. great. This, although beautiful, should be us questioning, yes. especially when mm-hmm. we start moving toward the hellish stage. It's mm-hmm. like, do we need to hold this tension? Because mm-hmm. that is where richness comes, yeah, is right. when you're not you're not going to what's easy mm-hmm. and gratifying, but what you're pressing through is hard. Right. Again, not to diminish no. that there is, but to, to manage hurt, mm-hmm. we have to lean into it. And for the right. church to get stronger, we have to have the conversations so we can all learn. Yes. And we the church can get stronger. The people in the church can get stronger. I so love good. It. Yeah. That's great. So I love good. it. Well, this conversation has been so good and so rich, but we knew we couldn't possibly cover this topic in one episode. So stay tuned next week for the second part to this episode on Church Hurt because we are going there. We are going to talk about deconstruction, online church scandals, how to heal from church hurt, and what a healthy church looks like. You don't want to miss it, so catch us next week. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.